Hey everybody, Dave Hodges back here with you on the Common Sense Show, the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And thank you so much for staying with us. We really appreciate you being with us. We really do. I mean, I know you're busy. You come here every single day. And the reason you do, why? Is because you care about your country. You care about the future of your kids. We may be different by background and by personal interest, but we're bound by our love of freedom. And we need to really pull together now because our country hangs in the balance. We have Wrecker back with us because things are happening so fast and furious. We could talk to him every single day. We're going to get to Wrecker in just a second. And you say, well, who's Wrecker? And do I need to be worried about my safety? I don't know how he got the name. Maybe we should ask him. But he is a uh, federal law enforcement agent. And he's able to provide on-the-ground analysis and real analysis. Unlike the, shall we say, the politicos that make up CNN and Fox. So we get real data here. Um, we're in our guest segment. And uh, again, we want to thank you for joining us. We're brought to you by preparewithdave.com, the very best in storable food. And this is a time to I'll tell you, folks, the food shortages are coming. The food issues are here. And they're already showing up. Uh, my wife has encountered quota sales. My uh, sister encountered quota sales. And so you really need to get outside the system as much as you can. $100 off on the four-week emergency package, and people are buying multiple sets. Go to preparewithdave.com. And if you have food, you need water. You need water filtration. If the well, if society hits the skids, well, then we really need to be worried about water quality. And you won't have trouble finding water. You'll have trouble finding drinking water. And we can help you with that with the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter, the best in the business. The research at waterwithdave.com tells you that. So go to waterwithdave.com and you'll see a real big surprise there. 40% off. Well, anyway, Rucker's with us. And we have to get down to some data. And I want to ask him his opinion. I watched the hour and 11-minute tape of the shooting of Richard Brooks by the one Atlanta police officer. And, and I really thought it was very telling Um the, the officer is now being charged with felony murder and this is after he was being shot with the other officer's taser that was taken off his belt by Richard Brooks as he was fleeing the scene and he actually struck the officer with the taser not once but twice I saw three discharges in what I was looking at Wrecker what did you think and welcome to the show hey Dave thanks for having me on uh, can you hear me well I can hear you great Great. I'm in the middle of a uh, pretty good uh, storm right now. So if you hear a loud lightning strike, that's what's happening. Uh, so Richard Brooks, you know, it's a tragedy anytime law enforcement has to uh, take somebody's life. I assure the public that 99.9% of cops don't wake up every day wanting to kill somebody. There's always that one maniac but don't judge everybody because of one person. However, there is a stark difference between what happened uh, with the, the guy who was actually killed by a cop uh, in Minnesota and George Floyd, and then what happened to Richard Brooks in Atlanta. So let's start off uh, with some facts and history. Uh, Mr. Richard Brooks was actually released from prison uh, if I'm correct, he's actually one of the guys who was released because of COVID-19. So he was on uh, parole. He was on parole because he had multiple batteries, domestic abuse, 
child cruelty, which that means to be physically beating your children, and it's being documented at a hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he had multiple, uh, multiple other issues with law enforcement. I believe another issue of uh, drunk driving. Anyways, you can actually go into the county court records. You can look up what a fine human being uh, Mr. Brooks was. So, Mr. Brooks was actually uh, passed out in line in a Burger King in his vehicle while the vehicle was in drive. Luckily enough, the vehicle never crashed into anybody. However, this is what ends up happening. A young officer comes in. Uh, he's called into the scene. He starts his investigation. He has a pretty good conversation with the guy. He has to wake him up, I believe, two to three different times. The first time he goes to wake up Brooks, he's so he's in such a drunken stupor and he's so knocked out. It takes about two to three minutes to wake the guy up. Once he finally wakes up, he says, hey, man, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I fell asleep. Okay, good deal. Pull out a line for me. He goes, oh, okay. Cop walks back over to his car, has to get up, get back over to, to Brooks's car because he fell asleep again. He did this not once, not twice, but almost three times of falling asleep. Once he finally gets him out of the line, the investigation starts, okay? You know, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to get your driver's license. We're going to get your license, uh, your whatever it is that the state's requiring, uh, insurance, registration, whatever. And we're going to run your background. We're going to check to see who you are. All right, so typically what we do for an NCIC check, we want to check your background, we want to see if you have any criminal history, if you have any active warrants, if you have any wants from any other states or local municipalities. So all that comes back, he didn't have anything, uh, but the officer could tell that the guy's been drinking. He could smell strong odor of alcohol on him. You know it because he's saying it as it's being recorded on his body cam. So let's speed up. the DUI officer comes in there, starts his DUI investigation. Brooks fails the DUI investigation, hardcore. And uh, it's pretty funny because if you watch the video, he says, all right, on a scale of one to 10, one being sober, 10 being hammered drunk, where do you think you're at, Mr. Brooks? He goes, oh, I'm, I'm a 10, I'm good, I'm a 10. I don't think that number means what you think it means. One being sober, ten being hammered, drunk. Where do you think you're at? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a ten. He goes, okay. I've had enough of this. I mean, he, he failed the breathalyzer. Uh, he did pass part of the, the walking procedure. I don't believe he passed the, uh, the eye following technique, where you're judging the, you know, if your pupils are shaking and all this. Um, so he fails a DUI, a DUI test. Well, in the midst of being handcuffed, he decides to fight. All right. Now, who decides to start fighting cops? You know, if you are, if you have, if you are being arrested, this is my number one take. Comply, comply. I don't care what they say, what they do. If they feel the need to arrest you. Let them arrest you, handle your problems with your lawyer when you're in jail, all right? Handle it at the magistrate. Talk to the judge about it. Handle it there. If you decide to fight law enforcement, whatever the original charge was, doesn't matter anymore. Even if it's not right, 
you're now having to fight cops. Cops are trained that once you fight us, we have to gain control of the subject, no matter what it takes. And me being a use of force instructor, I'm telling you right now, Richard Brooks was able to take down two grown men while he was highly inebriated. He struck one of the officers in the face and was able to grab the younger officer who was the original officer uh, during this investigation. He was able to grab his taser and disarm him. Now, during all this time, could they have pulled another taser? Could they have hit him with a baton? Could they have sprayed him? Why didn't they continue to fight him? Well, because the way cops are trained through a use of force continuum is that if you try to hit me with your hands, I go to a hard technique, which could be my baton, or a soft technique, which could be the OC spray, or even a taser. I go less lethal. If you pull out a knife, I'm going straight to my gun. If you look like you're going for a gun, I'm going to shoot you. Cops are trained to do this. Now, through the very drawn out portion of de-escalation training that is all it's rampant right now de-escalation training is now teaching cops to kind of not trust their instincts and to see if the guy will comply through constantly talking through a verbal judo well obviously the entire time with mr brooks this never happened he wasn't listening he decided to fight was able to take down two officers. What does that mean? Not only you're fighting with police, not only were you able to disarm the police, which some people could say it's strong armed robbery, but you assaulted two law enforcement officers. There's two separate charges for you. Not only were you already drunk, you were drunk driving. So there's four different charges. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not an expert on Georgia law, but he's already sitting at about three or four felonies right now before he was shot. He was a fleeing felon. So let that, just go ahead and let that hit. You know, this, this is the bad part about this, is most lawyers, and I do say most, because I don't know one that's done it yet. Most lawyers have not had a ride-along with law enforcement. I strongly urge anyone listening, if you don't know what law enforcement is about, if you think that law enforcement is too heavy-handed, do a ride-along with your local cops. See what it is that cops have to deal with on a day-by-day basis. When you could start your shift off at working a murder, and then you, know, you go from a murder to arresting someone for narcotics, and then from that to chasing somebody on foot uh, after they've been charged with sexual assault and fighting you. Okay? The thing about being in law enforcement is that there are times where it is such a high tempo that we never get to de-escalate ourselves. We stay at a very high escalation. You know, and law enforcement is the only first responder that everyone is actively trying to kill or fight. No one tries to do that to EMS. No one tries to do it to uh, the second responders, which is the firefighters. That's our little inside joke. You know, it's only with cops, and, and people have that issue with cops because, oh, cops are so heavy-handed, jackbooted thugs. We, what do you think they give us a gun for? We're there to enforce the law. If people don't like the law, go to your politicians and change it. But with Richard Brooks, he broke multiple laws. If anything, thank God the cop was called in 
because if Rashard Brooks would have woke up and drove and T-boned the soccer mom uh, van filled full of kids and killed them all, would we even be caring? Would there be a protest for the soccer mom and the kids killed? Would they light the Wendy's on fire for it? No, of course not. I want everyone to know what's going on right now, that is, this was a good shoot. You disarmed the police after, after your DUI, after fighting cops, after taking a taser away from them, after fleeing, now you're a fleeing felon, and he also discharged the taser at the police officer that was chasing him. And he hit him. So and he hit him with it. See, I'm not sure if he hit him with it or if yeah, he they didn't, were, but here's... They were treating him at the scene. I saw the video. Yeah, so here's the thing. When you fire a taser, there are two different kinds of tasers. So there's a taser like what I have that just has the one-shot pod that has two prongs in it. And then you have tasers that have a dual-shot prod, uh, and it'll have uh, two different prongs in it. A prod. Pod, excuse me. Uh, so you can pull the trigger twice, and you can shoot two different pods out. Uh, you can clearly hear the audible pop, which is it's basically like a 22 round, Dave, that propels the uh, the taser, uh, the taser probes. So you can hear the pop. You can actually see the flashlight that's on the taser, the X26, as it's turned on as he shoots it, and you can see the cable, the wires, the copper wires as they follow the probes from the taser. So he was clearly shot at, and hit or not hit, he was clearly shot at with the taser. Now, why is it that when law enforcement uses a taser, it's not considered lethal force? Because we're trained not to use it lethally. We're trained that you don't shoot someone in the face with it, you don't shoot someone in the groin with it, you don't shoot someone while they're on a bridge with it, you don't shoot someone while they're in water with it, you don't shoot someone with it and then spray them with OC spray so that they may or may not catch on fire. You know, we're trained through different scenarios that we use of force instructors put officers through. Uh, we're, we put you through these scenarios so that you know when to use it, when not to use it. We also teach cops how not to be overly reliant upon this, this tool, because that's all the taser is. It's a tool. There's been plenty of times with people that have excited delirium that you'll see a taser used, and it does not work. I've seen it multiple tasers used on one guy, and it does not work. That could be because they're on a heavy narcotic. That could be because they're uh, very uh, drunk, or it could be because they're excited delirium, which we'd call a mental having some sort of a, a mental issue. Uh, so there are points in times when the tasers don't work. But let me tell you something. If that cop would have got struck right in his eyeball and then another one hit him somewhere in the chest, he would have had what we called neuromuscular lockup. All right? It hits your neuromuscular system, and that's why you see everybody do the Frankenstein and fall down, and their whole body starts uh, convulsing and flexing. And that's because it's, it's tensing everything in your body. And for about five seconds, it hurts really, really bad. And then it releases. And then if you need to cycle it again, you just pull the trigger. There's another five-second ride. So why didn't Ray Shard point it, if he didn't mean to use it lethally, at the cop's torso where cops are taught how? Because he didn't. Because he pointed it just like he would a gun shooting at somebody. Now, was Rayshard, let me ask you this. Rayshard was so drunk, he thought he was in another state. Yeah, I know, I know, he, I saw that. He, 
He thought he was in another city. For about 30 to 45 minutes, he had no idea where he was at. Failed a sobriety test. Was passed out drunk. He's already been in trouble before. Maybe Rayshard fleed. He didn't run away. He didn't withdraw. He was fleeing because he didn't want to go back to prison. Why isn't anyone else saying that? Why isn't anyone else from the mainstream media even saying that a taser was deployed? I'm seeing Fox News, CNN, MSNBC saying that he took the taser from the officer and then pointed it at him, and then the officer killed him. No, he took the taser from an officer. Another officer chased after him with his taser, trying to tase him, and then he deployed a taser. Oh, sorry, you go from a less than lethal object that could hit me, knock me down, and you could kill me with my own gun once you come and take it. Yeah. No, I'm going, I'm going to my pistol. We're trained to do this. This dirty DA, Glenn Beck did a special on it today. I suggest everybody listen to it. His sins are about to be exposed. He already has corruption charges. The GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, is already investigating the DA. Two weeks ago, I'll parrot the same thing a bunch of other people are saying. Two weeks ago, six officers were fired and charged with assault with a deadly weapon against some protesters who ran a police barricade with a open container. Sorry, but you break the law and cops see it. What do you think we're going to do? Uh, and they were tased. They weren't listening. They weren't complying, so they were tased multiple times. Hey, man, the, welcome to the life of committing crime. Uh, you know, Dave, one of these days, I, I pray, we actually start getting mad at people who break the law and not the cops who enforce it. I'm going to segue back into what I was just saying. But the DA said that the taser, by Georgia law, is considered a deadly weapon. But why wasn't it considered a deadly weapon when Rayshard Brooks, who, who failed a sobriety test, was drunk driving, fought two cops, disarmed a cop, now he's a fleeing felon, and then he shoots the device at a cop, but he didn't mean to kill him. Did Rayshard even know he had a taser? If Rayshard was around right now, I would love to ask him, did you know that you had a taser or did you think it was a gun? I think he thought it was a gun the way he pointed it back and was using it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Honestly, I think so too. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, you nailed it on the head. I've said the same thing. If that uh, taser had taken that officer down, then he's vulnerable. That gun could be taken from him and he could be shot with it. Yeah. You know, it, it's something that cops say I would rather be. Uh... God, this, this just makes me so mad. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. We're taught that no matter what, you go home. You go home to your family. You be safe. You go out there. Don't be a hero. Uh, that means don't do stupid bravado stuff. But you, you do your best to help your community, to save people, to be that positive, uh, reinforcing role model, and you go home. Don't take your work home with you either, okay? This same cop that's on trial was cleared from a shooting the year prior and actually testified with this DA's office against a dirty cop. So we already have a guy who's bona fide for being a good guy. Let me tell you what this is all about. 
this dirty DA is playing on the heartstrings of the citizens of Atlanta, the black citizens of Atlanta. And he wants people to rally around him. But I'm telling you right now, Dave, when it goes to court, it's getting thrown out. It's getting thrown out, and this DA knows it's going to get thrown out. But what does this DA need more than it to get thrown out? He needs to be reelected. And it would be perfect for him to get this case thrown out. Because then he could say, oh, look at the atrocities here. There's another uh, innocent black man that was killed by the cops and doesn't get any justice. Bullshit. Justice does not see race. Justice does not see sex. Justice sees crime. Period. Now, there may be people who disagree with me on that, but me as a constitutional veteran, as a constitutional cop, I stand on the Constitution, not the right, not the left. You break the law, law comes to enforce what you broke. That's just the way it is. I don't agree with every law, but I agree with doing my job to the extent of doing everything safely and doing everything with common sense. Now, this whole COVID-19 thing, why do you think a lot of cops didn't go along with it? Because it didn't make sense, and there's a hidden agenda behind it. Just like all the race riots that you're seeing going on right now, there's a hidden agenda behind it, people. Wake up. I, black America, I love you to death. My, my wife's family is mixed with black. You know, there's, there's no issue. I, honestly, Dave, I haven't seen from the David Chauvin killing George Floyd to all the other things that we're seeing right now with cops using force on people, I haven't seen anything racist yet. Nothing has come out to be a hate crime yet. There's no proof anywhere of a hate crime yet. But the left is going to call it everything as a hate crime. And they don't need, Dave, they don't need proof if there's a hate crime or not. They just need to get the people spun up. They just need to get the people pissed off. There is an emotional tidal wave that we have to keep riding yeah. in order to keep the riots going. That's why I'm telling you, every time there's an incident, they're going to capitalize on it. Cops are going to continue to do the right thing to the best of their ability. Some cops are going to make bad decisions. Some cops are going to make good decisions. You know, that we are human. We're people, too. But what's going on right now, people, wake up. Wake up. Take your head out of the sand. Take your head out of your identity politics. America is being divided by its soul. And I, I got one thing that's on my heart, Dave, and, I, and let me shout it into the microphone. I'm going to give it back to you. Okay, go ahead. Where are the reverends? Where are the preachers? Where are the ministers? Why is it that all this evil is going on in this country, and it seems to be only law enforcement is dealing with it? Where are the Christians at? Why, is it there a, why isn't there a wall of men and women of God surrounding six blocks of Seattle and rebuking the Satanists that are in there? rebuking the evil that's in there what is going on did did i just wake up one day and realize that you know me and maybe only a couple other people actually believe in the word of god make sure i don't know i don't understand yeah where are you mega church preachers 
You know, the guy that's down there in Houston, what is he saying with all this? Well, I could tell you that there are some mega churches that are in Dallas that are talking about white guilt. Are there really? Let me tell you. Yes, there are. Let me tell you something. For everyone who's listening to my voice right now, Jesus died for all of us. If you can tell me that you know God's heart, you're a fool. You're a fool and you're a liar. God does not care about your race. God does not care if you're a man or a woman. God wants you to be his. We are supposed to follow God. God does not follow us. This country is damning itself with every footstep that we take closer to civil war and closer to separation. What's next? Are we going to bring Jim Crow back and reverse it? America, wake up. Preachers, get out from behind your pulpits. Get off of your hands. Take the mighty word of God and wield it as a sword. If not, sheath it along with your tongue. I'm tired of seeing cowardly men hide behind the pulpit, and I don't see them outside. Where, where are the preachers in all these riots? Where are all the strong dads and strong mothers in all these riots? Hey, here's, here's something, Dave. Who do you think is the biggest and toughest out of all the professional athletes? Um, hockey or MMA? <laughs> That'd be my guess. Okay, let's do that. So far, I've seen one guy, Chuck Liddell, in California. Chuck Liddell, UFC fighter, Hall of Famer, was actually walking around telling people to disperse and to calm down and to not destroy his downtown part of California. I haven't seen one middle linebacker do it yet. They're too busy. I haven't seen one. They're too busy. Yeah, I haven't seen. Yeah. I haven't seen one center in the in the NBA do it yet. I haven't seen one, you know, first baseman do it yet. I all these big, strong, masculine guys that you know that we idolize, not one of them have come out of their cushy mansions and tried to help clean up the cities, try to stop the violence, and instead a lot of them back it because a lot of them care more about that mighty dollar more than they do this country. And I'm telling you, you better start caring more about the mighty Lord than the mighty dollar. The Bible plainly states that it's going to be easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than a rich man. All you rich men, you better start watching what you're doing. You better start getting outside and doing the right thing and getting right with God. I'm telling you, something bad's coming to this country. I've been one of the guys who I've kind of, I guess say half-ass, I'm naysaying, I'm going, man, I really hope it doesn't, but dang, it really looks like it's going to. I I continue to watch all this stuff that's happening. Something bad's going to happen soon. Dave almost got called into New Mexico today because there's going to be a protest in Santa Fe, New Mexico, for everyone to go down there and take down another historical statue. Though I don't really care about this one because it's an obelisk, but there's still history in it, and it's still U.S. history. Yeah, even though an obelisk, you know, the obelisk is obviously an Egyptian god-worshipping thing for Osiris, but still, the point is, it could be Robert E. Lee they're going to take it down. 
Well, I have if, something if to say we, about this, though, because here's the bottom line with taking down statues. It's not the taking down of statues. There are winners and losers in a war, and winners and losers in ideology, and that's what these statues are about. It reminds us of who we are and the lessons learned. It's in the eye of the beholder. But the thing that I'm going to say here is this. In Vietnam, when the Viet Cong would overrun a village that they thought was friendly to the Americans and the South Vietnamese, they would immediately kill not just the leaders, but the teachers. They wanted to destroy mm -hmm. the transmission of culture. They wanted to rewrite history. They did it in a way during the Tet Offensive. Now, this is exactly what's happening here. We're looking, they call it cancel culture. I call it rewriting history. And this is part of the Mao, Maoist social revolution. They're following right out of the communist playbook. Let's just be real clear about what these statues are about. Well, you know, this is what's funny, is that this vicious circle of insurgency will never stop. We're fighting an insurgency right now with the quote-unquote woke left, the counterculture, the communists, the leftists, the, the Satanists, the socialists. We're, we're fighting an insurgency against them. When they win, who becomes the insurgents? We do. And we're going to do the same thing right back to them. I, and, and that's why I say I see this downward spiral that America's going into. It's just not going to stop until a war completely divides us. And there's no time for protests because you're either going to be looking for food or looking for someone to not shoot you. You know, uh, one of my favorite quotes that I really meditate on is from Plato. Only the dead have seen the end of war. There's nothing new under the sun, Dave. This country is going to come into a hellacious civil war that will make the original civil war look like a skirmish. I know. And, you know, once, once the left starts its attack, starts its actual attack, once they finally get up enough courage, because most of them are cowards, once they finally get up enough courage to get out of their mama's basement, and go out and decide today's the day we're going to start shooting at people and we're going to have a military intervention. How much longer, Dave, until they try to start getting their allies in the cartel to start helping or their allies in China? That's getting or, ready to happen right they, now. That's getting, I, have, yeah, in, I or, have intelligence information from very good sources and I've covered it. It's happening now. It's lining up now. We're headed for a mass casualty event. You and I have talked about this. John Guandolo, yep. you know, famed FBI uh, retired officer, has, has has told me that on an interview. So I, I agree with you. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is this is too important to let pass over. We are at that time. In fact, let me give you one more example, and I'd like you to comment on this. On Craigslist today, and this was sent to me multiple times by people, Craigslist is advertising for COVID-19 positive people to go to Tulsa, which is where the Trump rally is. Need I say any more? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, you know, I mean, Tulsa is about to be under a state of civil emergency just because our president is coming there. God forbid. You know, Sun Tzu said, in the midst of chaos, there is opportunity. There is opportunity right now in the midst of this chaos. Who is going to take this opportunity and capitalize on it? Is it going to be the left or is it going to be the right? I want to say, when I say right... I want to say the united right, 
I want to say the divided left. Because all the left wants to do is divide. All the right seems to want to do is unite. But neither is happening. So America needs to make up its mind. Are you going to be the gray man, be the lone wolf, stick to yourself, protect you and your property and your family, and try to stay out of everything? Or are you going to find a side to fight for? And just remember, either side could be wrong at any moment of time. Because anytime something that is driven by politics, politics is merely the control of people through ideology. That's all it is. This is an ideological war that we're fighting. It's no different, Dave, than the things that we fought in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's no different than Vietnam. You know, it's no different than Nazi Germany. It's an ideology. You cannot destroy an ideology. You can, you can, you can burn every history book, every pamphlet, every comic book, cut the, t- cut the, the eyes and the tongues out of all the teachers, but an ideology will survive as long as someone can carry it. The American ideology will survive this tyranny that's happening right now. The only problem, Dave, is that I feel we are going to lose America, and the only American spirit we will have left will be of those of us who are fighting for it still. I agree. In fact, this was actually practiced for in Jade Helm 16. I covered this Mm -hmm. extensively where, uh, again, Craigslist ran ads for people for $18 an hour to play ex-military guerrilla chieftains. And remember, this is Obama years now, 2016, and they were practicing for a defeated nation in which the military that was still loyal to the American Constitution and the Republic was going to be guerrillas, and they were going to practice war games against them. That's what part of Jade Helm 16 was about. Well, (laughs) you know, soon we're going to have to start seeing the actions of terrible men. We're going to start seeing the actions of terrible men. We're going to start seeing the actions of men who do terrible things for pleasure, and then men who do terrible things to bring protection. You know, sometimes men, they act like animals to bring terror upon the ones we hate and give confidence to the ones we love. Uh, you know, not that I'm a, I'm a philosopher or a motivational speaker, but soon America is going to have to make a choice. And we're going to be divided up into tribes like what I've been saying for the longest time. I just, I, I pray to the living God that people really seek the Lord, stop the sinning, seek the Lord with all your heart, and get yourself right with God. Not just getting yourself right with God, make sure your children are. You know, and, and find alliances while you can. Because when the suicide bombers start, and then al-Qaeda or the Taliban or ISIS or whatever the hell they decide to call themselves today, uh, they start shooting out markets and the cartel starts uh, running border checkpoints and destroying police departments. And then the left is you know, busy consuming uh, a city with its mass riots. What are you going to do if you sat on your hands the whole time and said, nah, they're over-exaggerating, they're fear-mongers, this is doom porn? Guys, it's not. If you could read the intelligence reports that I have read within the past 
24 hours. They've, I mean, within the last 10 days, there has been at least a dozen IEDs that have been used against law enforcement or against telecommunications towers. And that happened in California. Dave, why is someone trying to take down the power and trying to take down communications? There's an obvious reason. And why did it happen in California? Why didn't it happen in Montana? Why didn't it happen in Idaho or Ohio or Nebraska? It happened in California for a reason. For one, it's a hotbed for radicalism. Radicalism, terrorism, cartel, it's a, it's a hotbed for uh, everything that, that does not stand for America. And I don't mean the average Californian who's a patriot and hates what's going on in their own uh, state. I don't mean that. But it is happening, and in California is a hotbed for it. I honestly think, and this is just me, we should have militarily invaded parts of California a long time ago and kept it under martial law. I honestly believe that. Because if we had, maybe what's happening now wouldn't have spun completely out of control. But Governor Newsom is pretty much going to give the West Coast away to anyone who comes and pays for it. You know, and it's everything that's going to happen with World War III or with Civil War, I see California being a hotbed. I see it being a hotbed for it. There's too many radicals out there. You know, uh, getting rid of the, the ham radios and getting rid of some of the small uh, radio station towers. There's reasons for that, man. They're preparing. They're, they're, they prepared last year for things that may happen in 2021. You know, and that's something I foresee. I don't foresee these things happening, and my wife agrees with me, uh, or should I say I agree with my wife. I see things actually getting bad 2021. Not only it's just because of the buildup from the protests and the riots and whatever nonsense America wants to, you know, set Kmart on fire for, uh, but 2021 is going to be a major economic thing for America. We are either going to go belly up or belly down. 2021 is when we're going to have a new president who either the world will get along with or who wants to conquer the world or conquer America, let's say that. So January 2021 is going to be very, very interesting to see who gets sworn in at the Capitol building. Uh, God, I hope I can find a new job by then if Trump doesn't get it. But, you know, this it's like I said, this is going to get very bad. And the politicians aren't helping. Our social justice leaders are merely just small guerrilla chiefmen at this point. You know, I mean, look at what's happening in Seattle. Imagine that nationwide, Dave. We, we can't do it. It's already happening nationwide. We're already seeing lots of little chazzes pop up other places. So this is going to be a yeah. growing phenomena. But that's not what we got to worry about here. The next phase, and you and I have talked about this, and, and I talked about it with John Guandalo, the next phase is mass casualties and assassinations. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, not, not to sound doom and gloom, there's going to be a lot of talk show hosts that are going to be targeted. Anything, um, and, and, you know, I mean, I'm only going off of what the, uh, the Nazis did. Because that's what that's what our enemy seems to be going off of. 
but they took out anyone who was the influential leader. So influential leader could be uh, anyone speaking out. Why do you think Drew Brees got hit so hard? Yeah, damn it. Drew Brees for a second, it's like, don't kneel when the national anthem is being played. Well, Drew, if you want to continue to get paid, you better you better come out and apologize. And he came out and apologized. Find your morals and your principles and stand on them and don't move. Plant yourself like a tree and don't move. Here's my issue, Dave. And, you know, we, we've talked about it so many times. When the mass shootings start and then the federal buildings are being bombed, police departments are being bombed, what else is happening? Who else is moving? Are these major events really just major distractions? Are these major events really just things that we can, as the elite, capitalize on by calling in the United Nations because we're a destabilized nuclear power? That's what I put my money on. I agree with you. If you if you want the world to come and police the United States, destabilize every area that has a lot of nukes. In fact, one of these days, I'm probably going to sit down at one of the maps that I have and actually look at our nukes and look at what's going on and how bad the uh, the democratic areas are around it. You know. Destabilize, destabilize the world's strongest nuclear power, the world's strongest military, and make it where the military is fighting amongst themselves and military leaders are not listening to their commander-in-chief, you are going to bring in the world. Uh, I mean, what happens when the IMF says, hey, until America, until you get yourself squared away, we're not letting you dominate the, cap uh, the market anymore. Your capitalistic ways are done. China's second alarm, we're going to let them take the reins, and we're going to let them be the world's superpower, because right now, I don't know what's going on with you. I can't trust you. You know, that's going to happen. And that's why I say 2021 is going to be a really shaky time. I strongly suggest people have more than just cash. Have more than just cash. I'm telling you, if you do not have, and I'm going to sound like everybody else who's ever said this, if you do not have guns and bullets, if you do not have some sort of survival gear, a generator, backup fuel, uh, prepared food, all these emergency uh, pieces of equipment, you're wrong. You're going to need them. You could need them just because of a dang storm, but once the lights start getting turned out in certain districts, because like what I've been shouting from a freaking rooftop for the past 10 years, all you got to do is just walk to one of your step-down stations and throw a piece of tannerite into it and shoot it, and bam, there goes the power for the region. Once these things start happening, because the terrorists are going to start capitalizing on our complacency, even though Dr. Peter Vincent Pry for almost 20 years said, protect the power grid, we're all going to be in a world of hurt. None of us have enough batteries. None of us have enough flashlights. None of us have enough solar power. If you do, you spent a tremendous amount of money on it. And one little thing goes wrong, your whole your whole system's kaput. 
Know how to do some basic things with your hands. Know how to make a fire and maintain a fire. Know how to actually purify water without the big Berkey, without the Alexa Pure. You can buy the old school pamphlets and the military pamphlets to learn how to do these things through salinization or you know different periods of step down uh, purifications. Learn these skills. At least have a book on these skills. They may save your life. Because when people start to build a community, Dave, you're going to need a community's worth of knowledge to make that community survive. Or you're going to see what's happened in Seattle. You'll have a war chieftain and then a bunch of children who get, you know, guns. And now we need vegan food. <laughs> you know, the, as, as funny as these things are, I still believe that the right, people on the right, people that are conservative, us doomsday preppers that they like to call us, when the lights go out, we're still going to be better suited. But don't forget your Bible. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray that hedge of protection around your family. We all need it. I'll give it back to you, Dave. Yeah, I want to go back to Richard Brooks for a second and the comments made by the DA. Now, I know we've discredited him largely through the uh, video and also through the uh, investigation of Glenn Beck, who's to be complimented for it. But he said something that just drove me up the wall. He said, this man was jovial. He didn't resist arrest. That was number one I want you to respond to. Number two, the officers kicked him and stepped on him. Can you comment on those two things as far as what you saw? Okay, so was he jovial? He, if you've ever had a pleasant conversation with a drunk, that's what it was. <laughs> he was drunk. The man was drunk. He was carrying on a conversation. He was trying to remain calm, and he just wanted to go home. I don't blame the guy. He knew he screwed up, and he just wanted to go home. Man, why didn't you just stay that way? Jovial is, you know what, officer? I've been drinking. I know I'm going to fail this DUI. I'll take your DUI. Okay, man, you failed the DUI. You're going to get arrested. I know, sir. Can I have a phone call to let someone know that I'm going to jail and to come and get this car so that it doesn't get towed? You know what will happen? A reasonable officer will go, yeah, man, you've been cooperating with me. You don't have any wants or warrants. You've been a good guy with me. You just screwed up. I'm going to give that to you. Then go fight the DUI, you know, Go fight the DUI in court. That's not that hard. Okay, you may lose your license for a month or six months. Whatever, man. It's not that bad. Okay, but once you decide to fight the cops, and then I don't know, did you maybe try to kill them after you assaulted them? Yeah, jovial's thrown out the window. So I don't believe that lie. Here's the other lie: the still frame of him kicking them or standing on them. Or not applying uh, first aid to them. Once again, these are lies. If he can produce a video footage, full video footage, of the officer kicking them, I'd like to see it. I didn't see it If either. you are, yeah, it's a still frame footage, which he could have took with him walking around them. And trust me, I've been there, I've done it before. When someone's laying on the down, uh, laying down on the ground dead, or playing like they're dead, or bleeding out, you nudge him with your foot every now and then. Maybe his, maybe he wasn't comfortable with his pat down and wanted to make sure the guy didn't have a secondary weapon on him. Okay, there are times that where 
you can miss weapons on a pat down if you're not careful. It's not a full search incident to arrest where we completely look all the way over you. Uh, you know, it's just a quick little pat down just to make sure there's not weapons. We're not looking for drugs. We're looking for weapons, things that can hurt us. So kneeling down on them, hey, man, hadn't we discussed this already? When you are going to be arrested and you're laying down on your stomach, the cops say put their hands behind your back. We are trained to put our, your arm between our legs in what we call a catcher's position and grab your arm and then grab your wrist, handcuff one wrist and then grab the hand and handcuff the other wrist. That's what you're trained in the police academy to do. So what I would like to see before the man was fired was for one of his leaders, one of his supervisors, to have stepped up and talked about the courage, integrity, and the character of this officer before they try to put a death penalty on him. Which, by the way, Georgia Bureau of Investigation had no idea that was happening. So this this lawyer is completely, in my mind, as corrupt as it comes. This is the kind of guy that he's trying to make a career off of killing cops' career. You know, I've seen them. I've seen their kind before. It's why I'm not a fan of lawyers. It's why whenever the whole world goes to heck and I have my own little protective colony, everyone who happens to be a politician or a lawyer, you're going to be assigned to fill in sandbags until I like you because I, I hate your kind. I, I do not like a lot of lawyers. So I just no, I, and I, I know lawyers. I know a lot of lawyers will probably agree with me on that, but no, uh, it, it's it's setting up to create an image on something that they don't have. They're, they are trying to create a story with still frame shots. Yes. So couldn't agree yeah, with you more, and 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 because I, I didn't see the, and, and you know what to nudge him, I completely get that. Is he still alive? Is he a threat to us? Is he playing possum? Yeah, just like you do in combat, you know, when lethal yeah. force is being applied. I totally agree. Well, Wrecker, we're just about out of time, and I wanted to thank you for coming on and talking about these things because I know it's not easy. I don't like talking about it. I wish that guy could have gone home to his family, but he should have cooperated. I agree with Trump. He doesn't resist. He's still alive. That's the bottom line. Well, anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll check in with you, and we're going to have you back as uh, circumstances warrant. All right, Dave. Thank you all. Thank you.